and welcome to episode number one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of By the Fire, where I can take you through mythical tales and creatures. And today I'll be talking about sea mothers. So I don't really have a reason why I chose sea mothers as a topic, but also interesting because when I was looking through the lyrics of Black Parade by Beyonce, she has a line called Baby Sister Reppin' Yemaya, and I'm like, oh, I know who that is. I'm going to be talking about her today. Before I start this episode, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's listened to the introduction episode, anyone who shared, who gave me feedback, and, you know, who's followed and interacted with me online, whether that's by liking the images or sharing anything I post. People have been really supportive and great, and I really hope that continues, and I hope this podcast is something that people enjoy and can also be used as a tool for learning as well. On to the episode. Mama Glow is the mother of the river, protector and doctor of the river animals. Her name comes from Mama Dillo, which means mother of the water in French, and she comes from Trinidad and Tobago. Mortal men who commit crimes against the forest, like burning down trees or indiscriminately putting animals to death or violating the rivers, could find themselves married to her for life. Her upper torso is a naked, beautiful woman. The lower part coils into a large form of an anaconda snake that is hidden beneath the water. They also tell of hearing a loud cracking sound, which is said to be the sound made by her tail as she snaps it on the surface of a mountain pool or a still lagoon. Sometimes she takes the form of a beautiful woman singing silent songs on a still afternoons, sitting at the water's edge in the sunlight, lingering for a golden moment, a flash of green, then she's gone. If you were to meet Mama Glow in the forest and wish to escape her, Take off your left shoe, turn it upside down, and immediately leave the scene, walking backwards until you reach home. River Mama is a mermaid from Jamaica. Legend has it that the fish in her fresh waters are her children and should not be caught, as suffering will be a consequence for such action, and to catch her will cause the river to dry up. She usually appears at midday, and she dwells at the fountainhead of large canals and waterways. She has long flowing black hair that she constantly combs, and those combs are sometimes found at fountainheads. She acts as protector of the water and the animals that live in it. When it comes to crossing the river she inhabits, she allows those with good intentions to cross her waters. The others either turn back or drown. In the days of slavery, sacrifices would be made to the river mama in times of drought, or when someone wanted to cross the river she was guarding. The Jamaican National Pantomime had a popular run of its annual show titled River Mama and the Golden Table, which came out in 1986 to 1987. Yamaha is a Yoruba water goddess, Anarisha, which is a spirit sent by Olodumare, a gender-neutral deity supreme god. She is also associated with woman, motherhood, family and the arts, and comes from Nigeria. According to myth, when her waters broke, it caused a great flood, creating rivers and streams, and the first mortal humans were created from her womb. She is the patron spirit of oceans and or rivers, particularly the Ogun River in Nigeria, and she's a mermaid. She's motherly and strongly protective, and cares deeply for all her children, comforting them and cleansing them of sorrow. She is said to be able to cure infertility in women. She doesn't easily lose her temper, but when angered, she can be quite destructive and violent. From the House of Yamanha is a poem by Audrey Lord, and Lord writes about Yamaha as an eternal mother whose womb like water makes life possible. Here's an extract from her poem. Mother I need, mother I need, mother I need your blackness now, as the August earth needs rain. Mamiwata is a pidgin English derivation of Mother Water, reflecting the goddess's title, Mother of Water, or Grandmother of Water. She also represents irresistible female sexuality. 
The worship of her as a deity appears to have arisen in the early 1900s in southern Nigeria. An agreement with Mamiwata normally involves a sacrifice of a life, for example family. Other countries that acknowledge her include Benin, Togo and Ghana, as well as Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Mamiwata is often portrayed as a mermaid, a snake charmer or a combination of both, half human, half reptile. She brings good fortune through the provision of money and also aids in concerns relating to infertility, infant mortality and impotence. To please her, people make offerings of sweet drinks and food, perfume, powder and other luxury goods used by women. Apparently, in Ghana, fishermen refuse to work on Tuesdays, as that is the day for Mamiwata and anyone who goes out to sea does so at their own risk. I mean, I'm not Ghanaian, but I don't know how true that is, like nowadays, maybe in the past. So if anyone who's Ghanaian wants to dispute that, they definitely can, because I'm not sure how realistic that is today. After researching all these mythical creatures, I was intrigued about how and what is the symbolism of water in all these legends and folklores, because obviously I know that water is so important like in like society, in, in humanity in general, because Earth has so much water, our bodies contain so much water, and there's still so much life in water that we haven't discovered yet. I think there's more things we haven't discovered in the water than in space. Am I wrong? So I was doing a bit of research about water, and I found a few things. Water seems to have a special role in all these legends, indicating that life would not have been possible without the basic element of water. This is also the basis for the Yoruba beliefs that considers water to be a vital and sacred origin of life. This is highlighted by an example of the baths, which are common treatments, especially for women suffering from infertility. In an article called Water and Healing, Experiences from the Traditional Healers in Ile Ife, Nigeria, it's noted that the Yoruba believe water to be a symbol of force and strength, and they regard it as more powerful than fire, another important element in the origin of life. Comparing the forces of water and fire, water will overtake fire in all cases, therefore water is regarded as a symbol and a tool able to influence all misfortunes and matters, dealing with well-being and health. Oshun is the daughter of Yamaha and goddess of rivers and streams. When she's irritated and enraged, she may fill a woman's stomach with water, so that the woman may look pregnant when she's not. She can also cause difficulties in childbirth, Furthermore, many diseases that are known to be caused by bad water are regarded to be caused by Oshun as punishment for irritating the goddess. As Oshun is believed to have power over the god of fire, who is Ogun, the strong relationship between life and water is emphasised. As quite a few of the creatures I've mentioned seem to have um, a motherly and protective role over their fish and see their fish as children, I thought, let me do some research about the importance or significance of fish. I found two really cool articles that I will also source in my blog. So I found that studies have shown that science of natural healing using fish derivatives with fusion herbs and other natural ingredients had been an age-long practice among the people of Nigeria, particularly in the southwest. The use of fin fishes in healing practices by Yoruba people in southwest Nigeria is presented to broaden the current perspective of healing practices. In a study, it was shown that the number of recipes containing identified fish species and other fin fish inputs was 209. Out of that number, 165 of those contained catfish. And the use for catfish, which was also presented in the study, was for many things, including tuberculosis as a laxative and for gonorrhea. In particular, silver catfish was thought to increase sperm potency and increase pregnancy probability, and the lecture catfish was used as an aphrodisiac. The fat extracted from large fishes, such as stingray, can be used to massage swollen parts of the body, dislocated or broken bones. It also serves as a great body immunity and prevention of arthritis. 
Undoubtedly, the use of fish in traditional medicine has a lot of positive effects on healthcare delivery systems in society. It was noted in the article that the fact that a large proportion of the population in the society prior to the introduction of Western medicine survived the menace of various diseases, organised a vibrant society and participated actively in diverse economic, social and political ventures, including warfare, is a strong indication that the area was inhabited by healthy and physically fit individuals. On the other hand, there's very little scientific grounding on these practices and some of the combinations of the active ingredients can actually cause other illnesses. So a final bit of research I was doing whilst, you know, coming up with this episode was looking at what is the relationship between African folklore or any folklore really in the black diaspora and climate change. And I was able to find two articles which discussed the relationship between the two variables. So I was able to find that because African religions, and this is like sort of like broad with the term African, but I think the whole point of the articles was sort of trying to unify the whole notion of religion in Africa before um, the missionary Christians came over. So the fact that African religions sees the physical and spiritual worlds as integrated, this initiates a profound respect and reverence without exploitation for nature and the commitment to conserve and enrich nature. This means that nature and the environment are part and parcel of life, therefore to destroy nature and the environment is to destroy oneself. Living in harmony with the natural world translates to living in harmony with the spiritual world as they are interconnected and codependent. In another article, I found that a survey of smallholder farmers in three rural communities in Ocean State, Nigeria, found 81% of the community believed climate change was a punishment from the gods. The belief in a spiritual cause of climate change resulted in fatalism. Fatalism is the belief that all events are predetermined and therefore inevitable and can't be changed. A study was taken among agro-pastoralists in Kenya, and there are a group of people living by a mixture of agriculture and livestock herding. This study found that 45% of those respondents believed that droughts were their traditional gods planned and could not be mitigated. So essentially the same as the idea of fatalism. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Sea Mothers. I hope you felt enriched and learnt more about great women who not only feel as though they have to protect the waters, but also have to protect the creatures inside them. And I hope you've also learnt more about, you know, the importance of water and fish as a whole in certain communities in West Africa. Be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify. Use the hashtag ByTheFirePod so we can continue the conversation online. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of By The Fire. If you have a creature or folklore you'd like to hear or would like to be a guest on the show, feel free to email ByTheFire at ByTheFire.mail at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and I hope to catch you in the next episode. Bye!